our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Good morning, y'all. Early morning. I'm also recording this for the podcast as well, so you guys will be able to hear this back in the podcast. I always just thought that the lives were always good content, and I wanted to every now and then record the uh, the podcast. Cool. So we're going to get into it. But before I do that, I wanted to let you guys know that the weekend of April 20th of next month, we're doing our first ever Level Up with Tom Davis, which is my business program for canine professionals. And so what that means is, is one of the most, I don't know, one of the most um, asked requests that we have or the most asked service that we get or one of them for sure is some sort of shadow program or uh, training program for trainers. Um, And so we have created that and we're really excited to announce it. Uh, I'm announcing it here in the members club as well as on the podcast. Uh, It's going to be a first come first serve basis. I think that there's only five people that we're we're going to let into the program and you have to apply and the application isn't it it only just means that we're we're going to go through the applications that way it doesn't get sold out without our ability to make sure that the people are good candidates so these are going to be for people who want to become a dog trainer this is a program for people who have been a dog trainer and want to level up their business so we're really excited to to bring it to the table just because we've had so many people ask about the service when I was on tour, everyone was trying to figure out, you know, how can I come and shadow you? How can I come watch what you're doing? And so we're doing, you're going to watch my out of state program. So it's going to be a Wednesday meetup with me at the facility. And then it's going to be a Thursday where you're going to shadow me literally all day long. And then And I'll give you the exact dates. The dates are April 19th in the evening to the Sunday of, or I'm sorry, the Saturday of the 22nd. So it's April 19th to Saturday the 22nd. And again, this is a first ever opportunity that we're going to be doing for aspiring motivated dog trainers. And that's really what it comes down to is we just want the people that are going to be in this program to be motivated which is why we're doing a application process. <clears throat> so really excited about that. These people are going to shadow me all day Thursday, all day Friday uh, with my out-of-state clients. 
and we're going to do Q&As after. We're going to do some talks in between. And then on Saturday, we're going to do a behavioral one and a half hour breakdown uh, without any clients around. So it'll be private. And then on, we're going to do a luncheon on Saturday as well. And then, so you're going to have lunch with me at the facility. And then we're going to do a two hour power booster, business booster class. So when we talk about social media, uh, how to grow your business, what type, literally everything. Learn from all the mistakes that I've made. Um, you can learn from the the people I've hired to the systems that I've used to check people in, to the systems I've used to check people out, um, to how we film, why we film, how often we film, all that stuff. So it's a it's going to be a, a really fun class, and I'm really excited. It doesn't have to be in the dog training world, too, because I think that this class is great for anybody that's in the dog space. Uh, it's my niche, so I, I know a lot about it. I've been doing it a long time. And so anyway, we're excited about that. It's called the Level Up Program with Tom Davis. We're going to be sending out information about it on social media as well as via email. So make sure you guys are following me and turning on your notifications. Everybody in the members club will have an opportunity uh, to sign up first just because that's how the members club goes. So that's going to be exciting. So if you're interested in becoming a dog trainer and you want to learn how to get into it and you want to ask somebody who's been doing it for over a decade and has also you know, made a lot of mistakes and has also broken down a lot of doors in the dog training space, I want to give you guys my brain and answer any questions as well as go over behavioral stuff. So it's a win-win. You get to watch me train for two and a half days. So there's a lot of dog training that's going to be involved to kickstart things, but it's also going to be very business oriented. Uh, So you're going to be in my ecosystem at my facility, surrounded by my staff and the things that we do. So I'm really excited about that. So uh, stay tuned for that. And let's get into the dog training questions. The first one comes from Carolyn. Hi, Tom. In your opinion, is having a dog spayed or neutered? at a certain age has it have an impact on reactivity. I read many studies recommending to wait after the growth stops. So for my GSD, I've waited until she was 12 months. She has a, she's a very social puppy and has become reactive not long after her surgery. Most vets say that it has nothing to do with it, and on the contrary, it's making dogs less reactive. But I heard similar stories to mine. I understand the change in behavior um, as far as hormones goes. But is neutering in Spain them not long after they change amplify their unbalanced insecurities? Should breeds prone breeds prone to reactivity like German Shepherds be spayed or neutered later? <clears throat> so it's a good question, and this is something that we talk about a lot on the podcast in particular. Haven't really seen it in the members club, so that's interesting. But we're gonna get into my opinion on that and my experience with that. So I got some new pens. Thanks to Elena. Shout out to Elena. What? Okay. So we've talked, we've talked about this whole thing before and I, I don't think it has so much to do with the dog being fixed as it has to do with the dog just becoming more mature. So the dog goes through, uh, in this case, it's a female. So she probably went through at least one heat, maybe two heats. Um, we've talked to a veterinarian about this who 
specializes in, you know, breeding and reproductive stuff with dogs. So she's very familiar about the process. Um, and all we know right now that it takes away a lot of the testosterone for males. Um, but I, I think, I, I think it more has to do with your dog actually getting mature rather than them being fixed. It's been such a crapshoot to really be able to pinpoint exactly why dogs change and does that make them change? Because every dog is so different. Every breed is so different. Every personality is so different. And so there hasn't, there's nobody that's been able to be like, yeah, if you fix your dog at a certain age, it is going to make your dog change for the better or worse. Because there's so many variations of dogs, right? And so I think I, my answer is, is I, I think it's, it, it comes down to more of the dog getting mature and then wanting to become more reactive. Now, that's a thing that we see almost every podcast um, with dogs at a certain age, but we've also seen a really good amount of dogs become very reactive in once they mature and they're not fixed. So if they're unaltered dogs and they hit mat sexual maturity at eight, eight months to, I don't know, 12 months, depending on the dog, that's when you'll start to see a behavioral shift. So sometimes I always, well, this is what I tell people is your dog hasn't changed. Your dog has become who they are. So oftentimes dogs will be, they're puppies. So there'll be a puppy, 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 puppy. And then all of a sudden they start to mature and they start to act how they're going to act for the rest of their lives. So it's much like a human being being a kid and interested in bright, colorful things and you know, preschool shows on the TV or on Netflix. And then once they mature, they're not interested in that. And then, you know, once you fully mature, I don't know, humans, who knows what the, there's probably a bigger spectrum on that. But once you're a grown up, it's just how you are, you know, so you're going to have the same hair color, you're going to have the same eye color, you're going to have the same structure, like once you mature, you're mature. That's, so it's the same thing with emotional too. So I don't know, I just, I, I just think that, dogs people get kind of taken back by their dogs becoming an adult and they're seeing this change and they immediately want to figure it out which i understand because your dog has been this playful energetics and and even in this comment my dog has always been super social so the moment that your dog matures and becomes a reactive german shepherd because that's what they have been destined to be for whatever reason i don't know genetics i don't know you know, and then they become reactive. A lot of people have a hard time with what happened. What did I do wrong? Um, but to be honest with you, Carolyn, oftentimes it's just the dog maturing. And that's sometimes how we wear these things uh, as, as, as dogs. So I would, I would say it's more about the dog hitting a maturity than it is about the dog being fixed. Although, there is a time period that definitely needs to happen before your dog figures out who they are without being, you know, with being altered. Um, so of course, like think about a dog going in that is fully intact and then they go in for a surgery that removes all of that. And now they're intact, um, or I'm sorry, they're fixed. So at that point, then it's like, okay, 
they're going to change. They're going to definitely going to change. They're going to feel different. Um, they may become vulnerable. They may become insecure. They may do all the stuff. So yeah. All right. Moving on with Jeff Snyder. Hey Tom, I'm a little confused at what tool I should use. My guy knows obedience pretty well, but he hasn't trained the place, but when we're doing it, like I said, he's trained on the 1900. Um, I agree. I got the 280C yesterday and I went to groom. I went to groom him at a lower level. Of course, I was never told different, but I went with that. Now watching you, I think otherwise I've been using all your tools. Uh, he does well on the three. I did use the pager on the 280C. When someone came over today, he reacted. I held the pager till he started to come and stop. I did it again and he passed by and it was a shorter time. Uh, should I use a slip leash starting to go right to the prong? Should I use a slip leash to start or go right to the prong? It doesn't matter. Jeff, you can use whatever you want. You can use a slip. You can use a prong collar. If you want to handle your dog on the leash inside your house, you can use whatever collar you're comfortable with. Um, it doesn't It doesn't matter if you use the combo or not. Um, so you want to make sure that you're using whatever you're comfortable with in the house. Uh, and then as far as how the fitting of the prong collar should go, you want it nice and snug right behind the ears. I just made a course, or I'm sorry, I just made a video on the prong collar, how to use the prong collar. So that video is going to be coming out on my YouTube channel um, either this weekend or next weekend. Um, we filmed a couple different things, but uh, yeah, so you just use a 2.25, or I'm sorry, use a prong collar. If your 3.0 is, is too big, then you can scale down to a 2.25. Um, yeah, so I always recommend for people that if you have a dog that uh, if you take a link out and it's too small, then I always suggest just getting a smaller gauge prong. That way, when you get a when you get a smaller gauge prong, what ends up happening is let me see. I don't think I have the bigger one here, unfortunately. But the larger gauge prongs, when you when you get a prong collar, it's measured out by the wire gauge. So it's a three point two, a three point zero, a two point two five, and so if you get a prong collar that has too, it's a, it's too big for your dog and you take one out and it's too small or vice versa. Uh, I usually just tell people to scale down, uh, on the size of the prong. So you could do a 2.25 with extra links. Just make sure you get a safety clip for that. All right, Kim, good morning, Tom. So I like, so like the three D's distance, distraction, and duration. Do you have a similar abbreviation for a system like timing commands, release, and rewards? Timing, commands, release, and rewards. I'm looking to compete in AKC obedience, and no timing is crucial. And learning, so any advice to sink in my head is appreciated. Thanks for all you do. Um, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't. The answer is no. I don't have an abbreviation or an acronym uh, or anything cool like that to help you with the training, uh, with the timing. But I would just make sure that your timing my suggestion for you kim is to record yourself as you're training um, that helps a lot of my clients to make sure that um as you're training you can see your timing because if you don't have anybody telling you that your timing's off you're gonna think it's on and it's not so my suggestion for timing and releases and rewards because releases and rewards is timing like all of that is timing so when to release your dog and when to reward your dog, especially when you're doing more precision-based obedience, like you're doing the AKC obedience, uh, you, you, your timing is crucial uh, to teach and to develop. So I would, 
film yourself as you're training. That way you can go back and critique yourself. And uh, you may or may not know this, Kim, but we are also putting together a dog owner's course with me. So we're, we don't, we haven't called it anything yet. Um, like the dog trainers course, the level up course, but we are working on everything is submitted and it's in development, which means all the hard part is done, the filming and the writing. Um, so we're doing a dog owner's course where you work with me for a month. So you sign up, um, at a certain time and you work with me for four weeks and I go over all of your videos and we work together one-on-one and you get four weeks of curriculum. Um, so we figured out a way to work with people from afar. Um, it's, it's way more than consulting. So stay tuned for that. That might be really helpful for you. Uh, basically you'll film your dog, you'll send video over to me and we'll go live once a week and we'll critique your handling to develop you out as well as some excellent content. Um, and, a lot of uh, curriculum as well. So that's going to be helpful for you in the future. Jeff's got another one coming back. I'm just going to take a sip of my smoothie here. Yeah, Jeff um, is the same answer, buddy. So what's the best when training for FedEx? Like same thing, same answer. Use whatever you want to use. You can have the prong collar on. You can have the long line on. You can have the e-collar on. Um, whatever you want to use, whatever you're comfortable with, um, it's totally up to you. Brianna or Brianni, man, my members clubs names always get to me. So sorry if I butcher your name. (laughs) Hey, Tom, do you have any advice for a doggy daycare employee for managing play groups up to 20 to 30 dogs? How about do you, how do you go about managing the stressful pace, noise and levels? And sometimes you can't, you can find yourself in. I've worked in daycare for about six years now. And I was wondering if there's anything I might be missing. Ooh, this is a great question. Really, really great question. Um, and I guess people who, who are listening on this podcast, um, this is an early morning live for us. We typically do these in the evening. So forgive me if you may hear some No Bad Dogs coffee uh, getting drank. Uh, anyway, so this is a great question. I, you know, I've been asking myself this for years, uh, having a doggy daycare facility myself, as well as when I when we first started off, um, I mean, we all, we all went out to, to St. Patrick's day dinner, uh, the other night, not all of us, but I would say half my staff. And we were kind of reminiscing about, uh, the good old days. And when I used to run daycare, uh, my wife, Taylor used to run daycare. Um, we had all hands on deck all the time in daycare and it's, it's, it's always, it's, it's, it's tough to keep the peace when you have uh, a service that is meant for dogs to come and get exhausted and to play and to be crazy. Um, it's like a giant recess all day. That's kind of the business model. So it's not training. It's somewhat, it can be somewhat structured, but the reality is, is you're getting 20 to 30 dogs in one space and the objective in your job is to make sure that they're safe and they have fun. And so the noise levels and the stressful pace is never going to be probably super comfortable for anybody, including myself, because I'm the type of person that I'm like, okay, enough. Like, especially if you create the dog, like we create our dogs halfway through daycare. So they get a rest and the dogs who feed lunches or the puppies who are there, they need lunch. Uh, All the other dogs will stay out, but when they're in the crates after they're done with their lunch, we don't let them back in, obviously, till they're digested and stuff for a good 45 minutes. 
And so they're barking and they're carrying on. But remember, like these aren't training clients. These dogs aren't trained. They're there to have fun. So you really can't do anything about them freaking out in the crate. So, uh, and just as far as the pace goes, like, no, you're not going to be able to tell a bunch of dogs that are there to play, to stop playing or to play at your comfort level. And I'm the same way. Like there's times in when I used to run daycare, I was like, this is the most stressful thing in the world. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. Yes, it is. And, um, it's just the pace of it. And I think like right now we have a really good group of, of, of people in our daycare, and they've all been there for a pretty long time. And I think it takes a special person to run a daycare and to be in daycare and, and, and keep that. I think it's just a state of mind. Like you have to have a, a state of mind in order to be in daycare. Like you, it's really easy to get frustrated because dogs just, cause the, cause again, like, especially coming from a trainer, you have a business where your job is to teach dogs how to behave themselves and you have, and you teach them how to be calm and you teach them manners and you teach them structure and you teach them what's appropriate behavior. And then you go into a daycare environment and it's literally the exact opposite. You're, you're encouraging them to do the opposite, right? So it's, it is, um, it is frustrating and I think it always will be. I think the pace is never going to change. The noise levels are never going to change. Dogs are there to play and have fun. Now, my daycare, I would say, is when I'm in day- daycare, it's a lot quieter because that's what I do. It's what I like to do. I, I don't like craziness all the time, but I understand there is going to be some crazies. Um, I guess the only thing that's really helped me with that is I'll tell you our daycare process. So for check-in, what we do is dogs get dropped off. In between the hours of 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m., the dogs uh, will have another person that gets there at 7. So once the person at 7 gets there, they basically get the mops out, get everything ready, open the doors, uh, because we have an indoor-outdoor area. They get the kennels set up, make sure everybody has water buckets, whatever. Uh, and then we start letting dogs in. But sometimes, like, if, if there's a lot of dogs that are getting there before we're set up, we'll create them. And what I do is I create a lot of boundaries. So when the dog comes in, like, again, this is, this is you're, you're building a stressful environment because the dogs get in, the dogs pull up for daycare. They're super excited. It's really early in the morning, so they're ready to go. They know they're at daycare. They get out, and from the time they get out of the car, they're dragging you from the front of the building to the back of the building to get into daycare. And so you talk about setting a tone and setting, um, I guess, uh, some sort of uh, structure, setting a vibe of like, hey, this is how today's going to go. Then, you know, you, you have to you have to consider like what we're creating as the dogs come in and what we're creating is, is controlled chaos. So I just don't think, um, that it's going to be possible for you to really change the sound or the tone, but I do create a lot of structure. So if it's a dog that's dragging me, I'll take my time and heal them, or I'll take my time and make sure they don't pull. If they're in the crate, I won't break them out until I release them. Uh, all these things I, I do. And, um, Sometimes it helps, but at the same time, if you got three or four people showing up at the same time for drop-off and you're by yourself or whatever, you can't do that. So daycare is just one of those beasts where the reality of the business traditionally is for dogs to be dropped off to go crazy, for their owners to pick them up to be tired. And so 
uh, within that, there's going to be chaos. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good question though. Next on the list is Sherry. Hey Tom, thanks so much for all that you do. It has been driving me crazy what you and Forrest Mickey are saying when you talk to dogs. I believe it's French. Sounds something like Ma Marie or Marie. Um, seems like you say it to the dog doing a good job. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's um, so Forrest and I have a um, <clears throat> well, Forrest in particular, I've kind of adopted it from him, but he'll do this kind of this mumbo jumbo slang that he's got from um, I don't even know where he got it from. Oh, excuse me. Um, I don't even know where he got it from, but he, he, he says these funny things and, um, I've adopted it from him. So he'll say Mari. It's basically, I think it's M A T E L I. Um, but it's, it's pronounced a certain way. So it's, it's funny when he, uh, when he says stuff like that, but I adopt all those crazy words from him. Um, so yeah, it's probably French. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just once you start calling your dogs nicknames, it just kind of comes out, and then there's like different variations of it as it matures in the vocabulary, right? Um, I mean, we can all agree that we we call our dog something, and then it kind of morphs and transforms into four other variations of that. So, yeah, Forrest uh, gave me that little Marty. So it's it's really nothing. Um, every it's funny because so many people comment. They're like, "What is he saying? It sounds so cool." And it's literally, it's probably not even a word. It's just like, it's just like, if you listen to Forrest work with his personal dogs, he says like all these different things and it's just funny. So yeah. Morgan Lindsay. Hey Tom, thanks for all that you do. I recently started my dog on the 280C off leash, but when I hold the continuous bus button, he listens and comes when called. He runs with his head sideways and his ears twitching. I feel like it's too much. Maybe. Yep. It's absolutely too much. There you go. He's working on a level 20. Uh, 20 is, um, probably three times higher than anything I would recommend. Um, I go up to a 35 if he doesn't comply. Is that too high? Um, yeah, it's, it could be too high. Um, I don't know what to do because even if you care, listens lower levels, but I feel like it's too much on 20. I would suggest getting my e-collar course, Morgan. That's what I would suggest. Um, I have, I have put out, oh, uh, countless, 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 countless e-collar videos going over uh, what to do and what not to do. Um, this um, this is something that it's like you should never correct the dog um, on the e-collar unless you've done at least at least one week of proper conditioning. Um, I I have an e-collar course, Morgan. I have probably 10 different podcasts and I probably have 50 different free dog training tutorials on the remote collar specifically on my YouTube channel. Um, I would, I, um, conditioning, I would say, uh, at that level is, is, is far too high. I've never conditioned a dog past 10 ever. So you're double any conditioning level that I've ever experienced. And that's why your dog is twitching. Um, so I've just put too much content out there to really dive into it. Uh, so check out my course and check out all the content I've ever put out about the remote collar because I go over very specifically that introduction part that you're asking about. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't condition on a 20. You don't condition on corrective levels, um, and that's what you're doing. So that's a big no-no. You don't want to do that. Um, yeah, so I've just, 
I would check out my content on the remote collar. I've put out a considerable amount of it and uh, take my remote collar course. I know that it, um, you know, training your dog, training your dog to go completely off leash wirelessly and have them very safely, very responsibly, very fairly, very intuitively understand the remote collar takes a considerable amount of work. And I put together a course that we filmed for over 12 hours and combined it into like a two hour course. So you guys can do it by yourself at home. And I wouldn't suggest anybody out there to go out and introduce the remote collar by themselves because there's too many variables that can go wrong. So, um, you just have to get my course and I, and I wish I could just give it away for free, but I have done hundreds of pieces of content throughout the years on social media, across the board on proper e-collar introduction, but we decided to do a full production three days and film that just for you guys. So check it out. That's what I would do. All right, Claire, my question is about training my two dogs. We have an older nine-year-old Spoodle and a younger 12-month-old Collie Corgi cross who we adopted eight months. The younger adopted dog was super reactive and had a lot of stranger danger issues when we've worked through and he's beginning to show us his potential as a calm, confident dog, which is good. He has been super easy to train, but definitely shown some anxious behaviors with or in our older dog. And we are doing some play-based obedience training with both of them separately, which is helping. And my question is how to do some training with them both together. They both respond to commands together, and I'm not sure how to get I'm not sure how to get one to a downstay and the other to follow commands separately. They either both downstays or follow the commands. So what I would do is I would just get somebody with you and work, uh, have somebody handle one dog or have somebody hold the leash of one dog. So you'd have to really work on your downstays or any obedience in depth with the dog. Um, so the dog really knows it really, really well. And that way, once you start to transition with more distractions, what you can do is you can, you know, put one dog in a downstay and then drop the leash and then a person can just step on the leash and then you would just work, um, the other dog around and then you'd go back and you'd pay the other dog. Um, and so you would, you'd need a little bit of an assistant to help you work both dogs in the same room together because it is going to be kind of challenging and distracting. So that's my recommendation is to handle one dog well, first of all, handle them both separately really nicely. Once you feel like you've you've gotten to a point where the dogs are doing really well and they're listening to everything you're trying to do together, what I would do is um, make sure that the make sure that the dog is doing really well before you get them together. And then once you get them together, you would do a downstay, healing the other dog, and then a place to that dog, and then grabbing the other dog and just working on. You'd be basically transitioning and cycling out a place downstay, and then the other dog would be doing healing sitting patterns, and then you'd heal the dog in a circle, put that dog in a place downstay, grab the other dog. I, I would just say that you have to make sure that when you're doing this, that your you're, you have to be very careful about your verbiage and your your payments because when you're working with two dogs, your payments are going to they could be the reason why your dog kind of explodes or gets really overly stimulated to the default of like you 
being like, yes, good, good job, good down. Like that is very releasing and breaking. So make sure that you have really, really, really neutral tones um, when you're working through these things. So it would be like, for an example, it would be like, you'd be like, okay, heel, good heel, nice, good heel, sit, yes, good, sit, good, good, heel. And then you just look at the, at the other dog, good, stay, good, or good, down, whatever your behaviors are. Um, and that's... Yeah, that's a that's a beauty there. Um, that's how I would work with that. Uh, moving on, Christian Schofield. My question is, is targeting the ball on a rope or a tug? We went over this last week, but we'll go over it again. My German Shepherd of three years, yes, will handle, uh, will still try for the handle um, where it attaches to the ball. He loves the tug outside. So uh, I'll go over this again for you, um, and then uh, you could try this, but do not give your dog the handle. Like you can't give your dog the handle. So when we were talking about this last week, you were talking about the same thing where your dog continues to target the handle and not the actual pillow. Take away the handles. If you give your dog the handle, that's what your dog wants. But you don't want your dog to go after the handle. Remove it. Cut it off. Tuck it under. When you present the tug or the the pillow to your sending the dog with the handle and they bite the handle, then that's uh, that's something that you'll have to just work out. So... All right, you guys, wonderful live, lots of fun. Um, again, I want to go over a couple a couple things uh, that we have coming up in the wheelhouse um, just because we've been filming like crazy and you guys in the members club and I guess apparently the people that are listening on the podcast can benefit from. Like I said before, we have the Level Up with Tom Davis course coming out. And so that's going to be a specific business program for canine professionals. So we are inviting five people into my facility. And and I'm saying this again, just because um, it's very limited. And I want to make sure that if anybody's out there that's interested, um, you know, they're ready to go. We have not announced it yet. Um, We will announce it on social media via email and in the members club and on the podcast. Right now it's April 21st. And it is not live, um, but we are inviting five people into my facility in April. And the dates of the the class are going to be April 19th to the 22nd. And uh, it's going to be at my Upstate Canine Academy facility. And again, we're going to be going over everything you need to know um, about running a business, answering all the questions. We're going to be auditing your business. Um, There's going to be, it's going to be a really good time. So that's coming up. We also have our dog trainers course coming up, which I'm really excited about. So that's going to give anybody the opportunity to work with me privately. We've been getting, you know, we have our consulting where you work with me one-on-one. It's a one and done one hour thing. Um, But I have worked on four weeks of curriculum for anybody that wants to have a reset with their dog or they want to recalibrate their dog and start a new chapter. Um, it doesn't matter if you're working on behavioral stuff or you're working on obedience stuff. I basically give people the fundamentals of like, this is what we start with on week one. We go over everything from proper motivation to handling to proper techniques to correct um, to all that stuff. And um, at the end of each week, you're also going to be working with me one-on-one 
via Skype or Zoom, and you're going to be submitting all of your training. Uh, well, not all of your training, but you're going to be submitting videos of your training. So that way, when we talk, um, I'm going to critique and go over all the training things that you need. You're going to get homework. Um, and it's a four-week program with me, and you're locked in. So um, that has limited spaces available. All this stuff is going to be launched on all social medias, all emails. But again, it's an opportunity for people to traditionally work with me from the ground up. Um, we've been trying to find a way to just figure that out. And we just created this online academy that we're going to be doing. Um, we also just filmed two new videos for YouTube, which I'm excited about. One of those is the prong caller. So uh, it's been a while since I've gone back to kind of reintroducing the basics of what I used to do, especially with our new production and all the things that we're doing. Um, so we're doing how to use the prong caller that's coming out. And, uh, we also did, um, had a, another video on how to teach a dog, how to walk nicely on a leash. Um, so anyway, we got some fun, exciting stuff coming out. Um, I appreciate you guys hopping on here early with me from the members club. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, um, the members club is, I go live once a week and answer questions. Um, sometimes there's 25 questions, sometimes there's 10 questions, but it's also a really great place in community for people to go and hang out in. Um, and you're also getting the uncut and unreleased YouTube videos. So all the stuff you guys see online is directly going to the members club and you get the, uh, you get the, the pro team. So you have access to my dog training people. So these guys that are alive right now, if they're signed up for the pro plan, they have access to my dog trainers at my facility um, all month long to help them go over and, and help them with the, the problems and answer any questions they have. So members, it's been great. Thank you so much for hanging out with me early. Cheers to the No Bed Dog Coffee. Cheers to the No Bed Dog Army. I'm going on the Today Show on Thursday of this week, so the 23rd. You guys can catch me on the ninth hour between nine and 10. It's the fourth time I'm going to be on the Today Show, which is crazy to me, um, but we're really excited to do that. So hopefully you guys can see me on the Today Show. If you do, take a screenshot, record it, tag me on Instagram. We'd love to see who's watching. And uh, all right, let's do this. All right, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. I uh, appreciate you all listening. I appreciate y'all hanging out with me on the podcast as always. I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. If you're a listener and you have a question and you want me to answer it, I'll answer it next episode. All you have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart, leave your review. All right, first one comes from Whitney Webb. Love the show. It's been very helpful in training our 57-pound, 15-month-old dog. She hated us for a long part of the beginning of a relationship. Not sure exactly why, but I think we gave her too much freedom and expectations and she would figure things out like all of our previous dogs, but we know that we just left her anxious, wandering, and uh, she didn't really know how to be. So she's sweet with other dogs and people. No problems there, thank God. Um, But we've been doing really well lately and mostly positive treat attention reinforcement balance with Starmark Collar. Now that we're doing well, I wondered how to wean her off the treats. She knows what she's doing. Um, so good question, and we, we we talk about this a lot in our YouTube videos for sure, is when you're getting your dogs off treats, and this is something I wanted to make like a separate podcast about, but when weaning your dogs off treats, it's important that you make sure that your verbal markers are clear. So when you're – this is – 
This is how it should go. Dog sit. Good sit. Go ahead. Dog down. Yes, good down. Good. Dog heel. Good heel. And then every now and then your dog is going to get paid with food. So I, I just tell people that make your verbals and your yes and your your markers good heel, good sit, good down, really out there. Don't make your treats there. Like keep your treats neutral. Don't hold it in your hand. Don't hold it above the dog's head. Put it at your side. Put it in your pouch. Don't even let the dog know that it's in your hand or don't put it in your hand and make your voice the most exciting thing. And then every now and then they'll get rewarded with food. It's a good question. I'm going to go over that in a separate uh, podcast that we're actually might be launching this week as well. All right, next one comes from Treasure Hunter. Tom, thank you so much. This is so helpful. Uh, Thank you for putting out this. Uh, I have a one-year-old Rottweiler who is very sweet and loving, but also resource guards inconsistently. She has no real food aggression, and and I'm able to engage with her in most circumstances until she deems something valuable. She knows all of her basic commands and will drop items and leave it unless she decides not to. I'm able to quickly tell her when she resource guards. The other issue is that she often ingests what she resource guards, no matter what, if it's edible or not. Um, she already had one, a dad run surgery. So I do have a podcast on resource guarding. I suggest going to check that out. It's actually quite recent. Um, I don't know exactly what number it is, but I would go check that out. Um, the, the reality is, is if you have a dog that is going to get something that they shouldn't get, you turn and you say, hey, you shouldn't have that. Um, you have a Rottweilers, man, Rottweilers are, oh man. Um, I like them, but we have so many problems with them because they're just so pushy and nobody can handle them. I'm going to be honest. People just can't handle these dogs. It seems, um, just the majority of, of what I'm seeing. Uh, we have really sweet Rottweilers come in for our boarding train program all the time but across the line consistently, all of our trainers are like, yep, it's another Rottweiler. Uh, and they, they're great. We like to work with them, but we're typically undoing a lot of things that dog owners have done. And to undo things with a Rottweiler that they want to do is very difficult because uh, they're very pushy, pushy, pushy dogs. So uh, my son's screaming right now for breakfast, if you can hear him, but, um, I'm, I'm recording downstairs, uh, cause it's so early. So anyway, um, the reality is, is you have to be, you know, work on your leave it. Um, you have to make that better. Um, the reality of, of any obedience trait, when you ask your dog to do something is their levels. And right now your out command and your leave it command isn't at a place where you can apply it to the things you need to apply it to. So it's the same thing with recall or down or stay is your dog will only do it if it's in huge benefit to them or if it's not in too distracting environment. Um, So you really got to work on that out and leave it. And you also have to, um, you know, I I know that this doesn't say things. Um, And I'm not really going to get into resource guarding because it is a whole conversation. My suggestion is is you can work with me, online consulting, and we can chat about it because it's too dangerous and a bit irresponsible for me to talk about resource guarding with a Rottweiler uh, via a comment on iTunes. So I'm sorry. I mean, I know I told you guys to ask these questions, but there's certain that's and you guys, if you guys know me and you listen, that's one thing I will not dive into. I just won't do it because it's, it's just too much. 
So I would suggest hiring a trainer. Uh, I think that's the only thing I really won't dive into in depth um, for it's just irresponsible. It's just too dangerous. So uh, you can hire me or you can hire somebody else. It doesn't matter. Um, but you really need some professional help when you're dealing with a resource guarding Rottweiler. All right, next one comes from Toby88. Um, hello, I absolutely love your podcast. I'm currently addicted to it. I've been listening to multiple episodes a day at work, and I love them all. I just about died laughing while listening to your episode, Life with a Hunting Dog Trainer, because my American put pit bull terrier fin would drink his own pee uh, just like that german shepherd you described when you said the owners knew the dog was special i just about fell on the floor crying with his name is right excited he has been coming to the barn with me and i ride and he just is so happy to be there and hang out with me and um he just likes the kids but he has been leaping or out in the air to say hello to them not only are they short but he excites and gives them yeah <clears throat> so uh, I just, uh, this also is in my new video that I'm posting on YouTube uh, on how to teach a dog how to walk on a leash. We go over uh, as well as a stop a dog from uh, jumping. Hold on one second. Let's see if my freaking card's going to do something weird. Okay. It, my card does this weird thing every now and then where it says right error. If you guys are ever listening to the podcast and it sounds like it jumps and it goes, that's because I didn't realize that my card had an error. So sometimes that happens and sometimes I have to wait it out. But anyway, when your dog is jumping, you have to correct them. It's plain and simple. It's the easiest thing, the easiest thing to, to do. It is, um, super easy. All you have to do is when the dog jumps up, we're going to correct the dog off with a correction. So you're going to use your collar and your leash. And as soon as the dog's front paws leave to come up, we're going to say off. We're going to correct the dog down. A lot of people will say down, which is a whole different behavior. And we don't want to do that. So the dog comes up, we say off, we correct the dog, we give the dog a correction. So that's how you do it. Um, it's, it's literally that simple. We did it with a pit bull yesterday on our channel um, that's going to come out with the how to teach a dog to walk nicely in five minutes um, it'll be at the end of that video so that's coming at you live but we literally did it in 30 seconds that was it that's all it took the dog realized that that was not good and he stopped doing it and then we paid him and he goes ding that was it thanks for listening toby uh, appreciate it and finn um so yeah just correct your dog when they jump up super simple all right you guys thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you later this week we'll put another one out <clears throat> hey guys good morning really quick um hey guys good morning welcome to the podcast hope you guys are well or good afternoon or good evening whenever you're listening to this uh this is actually a recorded well obviously it's recorded but this is actually me in my um my no bad dog members club going live and answering a bunch of different dog training questions i like to switch it up with you guys we have some guests coming on new we have a ton of really good announcements big announcements and i mean announcements that you guys have some of you guys have been waiting for uh, been asking for for years um, in this podcast so uh, enjoy it it's a little bit different but going over some dog training stuff that's going to be valuable to you guys and at the end of the podcast i'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions make sure if you guys are listening to this we put so much time and effort go to itunes review the podcast rate the podcast do everything you can to support us here on itunes and as well on spotify love you guys thank you for listening and we're going to put another one out uh, the end of this week. And I'm also going to be in the today's show on Thursday, the 23rd of March on the ninth hour. So between nine and 10, at some point I'll be on there talking dogs, working with dogs. <laughs> it's always fun going on today's show. It's the fourth time that they've had me on, which is a huge blessing. I'm really excited about it. So anyway, let's get into the podcast. 
our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.